0: reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly.
1: Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado.
0: You want cash. You want to get stuff done. So what do you do? You buy five-hour energy, of course. You upload the receipt to 5hewin.com, then find out if you instantly won $10, $100, or even $1,000. Then you drink that five-hour energy and cut through your to-do list like a hot knife through butter. Five-hour energy, the official sponsor of getting stuff done. No purchase necessary. Must be 18 and a legal resident of the U.S. Ends June 30th, 2021. For rules, visit 5hewin.com rules. Void
2: where prohibited. Message and data rates may apply. Hey, it's Jay Zawoski. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. I'll be right with you with the new episode in a matter of moments. But first, I want to let you know about my new Blackhawks book coming out on November 10th. It's called The Big 50, The Men in Moments That Made the Chicago Blackhawks, published by Triumph Books. The foreword is written by two-time Stanley Cup champion David Boland. If you're interested in ordering my book, and I would greatly appreciate it if you did, head to bookshop.org or bookiesbookstores.com to support great independent independent booksellers if you're more of an amazon kind of a person you can get it there too or any major book retailer the name of the book the big 50 the men and moments that made the chicago blackhawks by jay zawoski that's me coming out november 10th from triumph books
0: The Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast is brought to you by Triple Threat Sports, Mariska's and Crest Hill, Dr. Squatch Soap Company, and by Fry the Coop. Here are your hosts, NBC Chicago's James Naveau, and 670 The Score's hockey guy, Jay Zawaski. Let's drop the puck. Welcome in, friends, to another off-season edition of the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. My name is James Naveau. I'm from NBC5 Chicago. With me, of course, as, as always, is the one and only Jay Zawaski of 670 The Score and the I'm Fat Podcast, which just had a live edition of their show. They're doing big things over there. See, see what I did there? I, I Called did. it big. Thank you. Called I'm Fat. <laughs> 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 anyway, Jay's with me as well, and he is a podcast maven, guru, pioneer, trailblazer, whatever you want to call him. That's what Jay Zawaski is. How you doing, buddy?
2: Uh, I'm doing great. That's quite an intro. That's uh that's more than I've ever gotten and I appreciate that. I'm also an author. If you want to order my book, The Big 50: The Men and Moments That Made the Chicago Blackhawks, it's out November 10th. Go to bookstore.org or bookies uh to order or you know those big monster Goliath booksellers but pick up my book. I'd appreciate it. Lots of ways to get in touch with the podcast, MadhousePod at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at MadhousePod, Instagram Madhouse underscore pod, and on Facebook at MadhouseHockeyCHI. I know they're all different. I'm very sorry about that. There's also MadhousePod.com if you want to check that out. Every episode's there. Link to our Threadless shop, all kinds of good stuff. We're also on Patreon, Patreon Patreon.com slash MadhousePod if you want to become a monthly patron we've got some stickers we've got some t-shirts some cool stuff that you can get for supporting the podcast all right so with that not a ton happening in the Blackhawks' world. We're going to get to Scott Powers' story about the contract offer made to Corey Crawford. That's going to lead the show. We're also going to discuss the playoffs that are ongoing, what we've seen there. And Christopher Stieg, former Blackhawk, was a guest on the Spit and Chicklets podcast. Lots of good stuff from him. I encourage you to check out that interview. But he shed some light on the uh, offer sheet snafu that was made and, got, uh, and the thing that got Dale Talon fired. Some of the details of that and how he found out he was going to get traded. A pretty cool story by Chris Versteeg. But James, let's start. Scott Powers on Tuesday reports that Corey Crawford was offered a one-year deal, $3.5 million term. Uh, that is, He says negotiations are ongoing, but the Hawks have submitted a formal offer to Corey Crawford. I want to get your thoughts on seeing that, then I'll share mine, and then uh, we'll get some of the feedback from some of the fans that had some thoughts on it as well.
0: My initial thought was that I was a little bit surprised the AAV was a little bit lower. I thought for sure if they were only going to do a one year deal for Crawford, it probably would have been like three and a, like at least four million dollars, if not more. I thought that that would kind of be the trade off. I honestly was a little bit surprised that that was the case. I am not surprised it was only a one year deal. I I'm thinking the Blackhawks are probably wanting Corey Crawford back, but they also recognize certain things about uh, him right now as a player he's you know 35 years old he's he's had a lot of concussions in his career has missed some time had a solid season not great obviously look at his stats from the 2019 2020 season 2.77 goals against average 917 save percentage Those are solid numbers. Like, I'm not going to sit here and not Corey Crawford and say, oh, those are terrible. No, it's not true at all. But when you have a guy going into a season where he's going to turn 36 years old, when you're going into a situation where he's had so many concussions and he's had, well, obviously, well-publicized issues with those – it's not shocking to me to see this offer. Like I said, the only thing that kind of took me by a surprise at least a little bit was I did think that the AAV would be just a little bit higher since it was a one-year deal.
2: I agree, and I think this is the initial offer, right? This is the, the place the Blackhawks are going to start. I don't know if they're going to settle there. We discussed Co- Corey Crawford's comments uh, from his exit interview. He sort of didn't sound like a guy who's looking to cash in. He's a guy that wants to play and wants to be comfortable. And I think financially he has that comfortability already. Uh, Obviously his preference is to stay in Chicago. He said that as well. I thought if you were going to get a number as low as 3.5, you're going to have to give him that second year, which I'm, I'm willing to do that because they don't really have another option at this point. You can't just sign Malcolm Subban, right? Like you don't, you have no idea who Malcolm Subban is. Um, Calendelia, you can't have that guy as your starter. They kind of have to sign Corey Crawford. Corey Crawford knows that, but at the same time, I don't think, like I said, he's in a big position to want to, you know, to to hold the Hawks over a barrel here. He knows that they're in some uh, financial dire straits. He's made a ton of money playing in Chicago, and I think he wants to end his career here. And I think, I think, two years, three and a half, or three point seven probably gets the deal done. I'd be surprised if he accepts one year, three point five. If he does, if there's anyone who still somehow has bad feelings about Corey Crawford, they should disappear immediately because he's doing them a huge favor by mm-hmm. doing that. And one thing you can note, though, is they say, look, Corey, we are really screwed. You know, salary cap wise, if you can take a one year deal at 3.5, we'll resign you the next season for four or something, right? Like There could be some sort of handshake agreement of, Look, if you help us out on this end, we'll help you out next season. Maybe give him a two-year deal after next year. Maybe they would do that. I don't know, but they've got to protect the cap as much as they can. They know that. Corey Crawford knows that. So who knows what sort of kind of side agreements are being made um, under the table. But I I expect he'll be back. If I had to make a prediction, like I said, I would say two years, three and a half or 3.7 probably gets it done to keep Corey Crawford here.
0: I think the big key for him, too, is I think that he's made it pretty clear that wherever he wants to go, I think he wants to be the starter. And I would think that if the Blackhawks do bring him back in, I do think that that would be the intention. I think that he would be the starter. I think they would obviously probably ask him to give some veteran guidance and some leadership to a guy like a Colin Delia or a Kevin Lankinen. I. Maybe you bring in another veteran on a cheap deal. I, I don't know whether or not your salary cap situation is going to permit that to happen, though. So I think that if the Blackhawks make him an offer that involves him being the starting goaltender, I do think that Corey Crawford would end up wanting to resign here. I think that's the only way that he leaves is if another team comes up to him and just says, hey, Corey, we're going to give you a value that you think is uh, – about right with where you're at in your career and we're going to make you the starter I think that is the only situation in which he leaves Chicago because I do think he would end up being the starter here if they do bring him back
2: oh I don't think there's any doubt about that because like I said Delia is not an option Um, Subban is restricted free agent but I I I don't know maybe they trade his rights I don't know what they're going to do with him that's that's going to be interesting scenario too Uh, I think that he's the Blackhawks goalie and uh you know and he's the starter I don't think they have, I don't think the Hawks have much of a choice let alone, let alone Corey Crawford I think everything he wants is right here in front of him now Is some team is going to say we think Corey Crawford is the final piece to our Stanley Cup puzzle and we've got some cap space and we're going to pay him four and a half five million dollars over two years to come and be our guy maybe but which team is that right when you look at the true contenders. They've all got goalies. They've all got younger goalies at at pretty good contracts. You know the guy. The teams that don't, you know, you're talking about like Montreal's got Carey Price locked up, and they just traded for Jake Allen, so they're set at goal. Um, you know, uh, Vegas is pretty set, especially if they somehow resign Robin Lehner. Uh, I just think that the 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 likelihood of a team coming and blowing Crawford, uh, giving him an offer that blows him out of the water. I think that's highly unlikely. I think the most likely and probably the best scenario for everyone listening to this podcast is that Corey Crawford signs a deal with the Hawks and remains their goalie because he's their best chance. They're not going to be able to go out and sign somebody for less than they're going to get Crawford. And if they do, they're not going to get the quality of play they're going to get from Crawford. It is a absolute no brainer at this point.
0: I'm inclined to agree with that. Um, I think the one thing we haven't uh, brought up yet, and it's something that I noticed a little bit of on social media, Jay, and I would love to kind of get your take on it, is some people have indicated, and I know this is social media, big grain of salt, blah, blah, blah. There was actually some, like, visceral negative reaction to the news of this offer, saying that it was some type of, like, a, an excuse almost for the Blackhawks that like they only gave this offer to Crawford just to say that they gave him one fully intending him not to take it and then like moving on in a different direction you even had a guy like Brent Sopel who used to play with the Blackhawks and still knows some of these guys called it quote a BS offer on Twitter and I was a little bit surprised to see those reactions like I thought my initial reaction to it was I thought that it was, like I said, a little bit low for a one-year deal. I thought that, like you said, if it had been a two-year deal, I could have seen that AAV like potentially be about right. So I was a little bit taken aback to see some of that negative backlash to that. What are you? Uh, what's your take on that?
2: I think so, too. And that sounds to me like analysis from people who don't really think about this sort of stuff on a daily basis like we do and look I love Brent Sopel um, I just don't think that he's looking at it from all angles right like yes Corey Crawford is a two-time Stanley Cup champion he's one of the best goalies in franchise history all those things all those qualifiers of course but the reality is the Hawks are screwed cap wise because of the flat cap due to COVID they've got to bring back Dominic Kubelik to a lesser extent they got to find a way to bring back Dylan Strom and they got to get a starting goalie in here I don't think they're trying to say, oh, here, Corey, here's an offer we know you won't take. They want Corey Crawford back. They need Corey Crawford back. I don't think they're trying to insult Corey Crawford at all. I think they have a good indication of where him and his agent are at, and they're trying to say, okay, ideally can we do this and and see what happens? Because it's really they're nav- they're they're navigating rough waters right now to use a stupid cliche. They're really every penny is gonna count here. And they really have no choice but Corey Crawford. So to jump to the conclusion that this is some sort of lowball or insulting offer, James, like you said, 36 years old, history of concussions. There's been some whispers about off ice sort of things going on with him, too. Uh, He's not going to cash out anywhere. He's already made his big money. Uh, He's at the tail end of his career. I think he just wants to play a year or two more. And retire and I think he wants that to happen here he knows that the Hawks know that they're trying to come up with something fair and I think is is one year three and a half million dollars insulting to him I really don't think so I if I'm Corey Crawford I don't know if I take that as an insult all things considered
0: especially if you're going to be the starter which I think he would be like I, I think that if they were saying look man we're going to have you be in a timeshare agreement, we're going to look for you to potentially earn your spot, then yes. I think that that's probably something like, really? You don't want me to start. You're giving me a lower AAV than I feel like I'm worth. Like, that to me – you'd have more of an argument that it would potentially be viewed as insulting. And just like with all the stuff that we're dealing with right now with the flat cap and his injury history and all that, I just I don't think that $3.5 million qualifies I just, as an insult. I just don't.
2: And listening to what Corey had to say, to me, the priority is starting. The priority is getting the bulk of starts. And I think that's why early on the Robin Leonard thing sort of rubbed him the wrong way. And then when he started, when Leonard got traded is when Crawford really started to elevate his play, right? That's really when he started getting better and playing more consistently because he was in the lineup more consistently. For goalies, they need to see the puck. They need to be out there. And, you know, I'm trying to think of teams that have split the workload and, like, really had success, right? It's like, you may have two starter-quality guys, but you don't have anybody in a rhythm. And I think that rhythm, especially for a goalie, is super important, and that's what he wants. And in Chicago, he's going to get that be it Calendelia, be it Malcolm Subanis is back up, whatever. Corey Crawford is going to get 60, 70% of those starts at age 36 in the city. He's settled in. It's a no brainer for him. It's a no brainer for the Hawks. They're going to, I think they're going to get this done. And I think this is sort of, they know that this is the starting point, right? They've got to get Crawford locked up, then figure out Strome and Kubelik behind him because Without a starting goalie, there's no point. Like, what are you going to do? If you can't get Corey Crawford on board, you've got to find another plan.
0: Yeah, I feel like if they were really just going to be dead set on rebuilding, I feel like the Blackhawks wouldn't have even bothered with a contract offer to Crawford. I don't think they would have wanted to risk alienating fans or pissing him off, because frankly, like we've talked about on this podcast before, There is an argument to be made. He is the best goaltender in franchise history, and if he's not, he's in the top two or three. Like, you don't want to piss him off. Like, this. the whole point of this organization going through all of the changes that they've gone through in recent years was that they were going to treat their veteran and former players the right way, and that obviously would not be doing that if they were just going to, like, lowball Corey Crawford and irritate him on his way out of town. Like, that's not the way that they've been conducting business lately. And I think that – but I still think there is a recognition that hockey is a business. And so, if you didn't really want him back, if you wanted to go with a youth move or have Malcolm Subban and Colin Delia or Kevin Lankinen or who Matt Tompkins for God's sake. <laughs> if you wanted to team up any of those guys and just like start on a rebuilding project, I think they would have ultimately done you know, something like the what the Bears did when they let Jay Cutler go issue a nice flowery statement about how amazing Corey Crawford has been for the organization. Yada, yada. We wish him luck in the future. I think they would have done that instead of trying to, like, kick him in the, you know, ass on his way out of town. I don't think that's what they're doing. I think they do genuinely want him back.
2: I agree. I think uh, I think he will be back. And I think everyone's going to be very happy with how it works out. Uh, speaking of happy. Gotten a lot of feedback from our listeners about Dr. Squatch, natural soap company. We have had a good partnership with them for a few months now. Go to DrSquatch.com. Check out what they have there, the soap, the hair care products, uh, the soap savers, everything they offer there, cologne, beard oil, DrSquatch.com. When you check out, use that promo code MADHOUSE and you will save 20%. On your order, I've been using Squatch for months. And you know what, Jay? We've been, for, we've been hearing for we've
0: been hearing for weeks and months about how much you <laughs> love Doctor Squatch. Can I get an opportunity here to say how much I love it?
2: Oh, by all means, let me. I'm going to kick my feet up and just give you the floor, my friend.
0: Look, I I've been listening to Jay talk up Doctor Squatch and all the great things that they do, and I myself have been a user of their soap now for several weeks, and I must say. I love it i love every minute of it get the soap saver for god's sake if you decide to order the bars of soap they will last so so long it is unreal how much you actually do save with that but what i'm here to tell you today friends is if you care for your hair and you want it to look its absolute best i'm married to a hairstylist. okay i have to use high quality products on my hair or she gets real mad And she yells at me and we all know that you don't want to make your wives and significant others angry so what i started to do is i started to use the dr squatch cypress coast shampoo and the cool citrus conditioner and let me tell you friends my hair is softer than it's ever been it looks better than it has in a very long time my wife again hairstylist pointing this out because she loves it. She said, my hair looks awesome. She loves the products. And I'm here to tell you if it can make her happy, it's going to make you happy and your significant others happy. So I know Jay has told you guys all about Dr. Squatch and how amazing it is. I, James Navo, am also going to tell <laughs> you and offer my testimonial that this is one over a really Harsh critic, and it's won me over, and I couldn't be happier with that purchase. So go out and get your Doctor Squatch, people! I'm Hell telling yeah. you, it's worth it.
2: DoctorSquatch.com, promo code Madhouse. Join Squatch Nation. Get yourself some thick bricks. You'll be very happy you did. We'll be right back with more on the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast.
0: Me, 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 but also you.
1: <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. <laughs> powder donut. <clears throat>
2: Welcome back into the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. Jay Zawoski here in Homewood, James Naveau out there in Bourbon A. Want to tell you about our friends at Fry the Coop, frythecoop.com, the best damn Nashville hot chicken you will ever have. Oaklawn, Elmhurst, West Town, Street Market coming soon to Tinley Park and other locations. Is it Winfield? I think Winfield is one of the new ones. Uh, keep your eye open for Fry the Coop in an area near you. They are thriving. They've got pickup windows, they've got online ordering. But if I'm going to Fry the Coop, Jay, what am I going to order? All you said was hot chicken. What's on the menu? Well, I'm glad, yes. They've got the chicken tenders, which are absolutely outstanding. The chicken and waffles. Yeah. Well, guess what? That sounds good. The waffles have bacon in the batter. Yeah. How about that? Nashville fried chicken sandwich, chicken and cheese sandwich, spicy butter fried chicken sandwich, donut fried chicken sandwich. Yeah. So those are some of your options at Fry the Coop. That honey butter, by the way, the spicy honey butter. Get that on the side at very least. It's absolutely outstanding. You're gonna love Fry the Coop. If you don't like hot food, I know some people don't like hot. You can get a country style where it's just the tenders, no natural hot spices on it at all. If you want to literally melt your face, you can get the little insanity. That's their hottest. It goes country, mild, medium, hot, crazy, little insanity. The hot makes me see things. So that's what you're doing with at Fry the Coop. If you think you if you think you're tough, if you think you can take it. Order a heat level down and save your ass. Go visit fry the FryTheCoop, FryTheCoop.com, wow. order online, and you will love every damn bite of the best hot chicken you've ever had. And, of course, want to send a shout-out to our friends at Triple Threat Sports, 708-478-6090. You need a jersey? You need T-shirts made for your company or your softball team? Hit up our guy, Chris Hubble, Chris at com. Triple Threat Sports, if you can wear it, they can make it.
0: I i'm still stuck on the saving your ass part because that can mean multiple things with that i'm just gonna let that go
2: yes it can that's why it was such a good thing to say it's a very it brilliant <laughs> brilliant ad
0: reading jay <laughs> it's a that's verse. why you're a soon-to-be best-selling author and i'm just some schlub with a podcast
2: eh, you know you're probably a better writer than me which is the ironic part um you are a better writer than me anyway um, so, some news otherwise, aside from the Corey Crawford stuff, the Blackhawks loaned a bunch of uh, Euros to their uh, prospective leagues. Uh, Pia Suter and Philip Kurashev going to the Swiss league. Michael Tepley and Matei Chalupa to the Czech league. And Tim no! Soderlund. I know. I know. And Tim Soderlund to the Swedish league. So, a lot of people sort of freaking out. Like, what does this mean for next year? Nothing. It means nothing. Uh, when the NHL starts up again, and who knows when that will be, um, those guys, if they make the team, will be back and have the opportunity to compete.
0: Right. That is something I've been telling uh, quite a few folks who have asked me about that, is that the only reason that these guys are going out on loan, at least most of them, is that it will enable enable them. Excuse me. I almost dropped my microphone.
2: That sounded somehow. painful.
0: Yeah, it wasn't fun. Um, <laughs> it's just, it's very interesting because all these leagues are going to start up again before the... NHL does and so they want to get these guys the reps and I think that especially in the case of a guy like Kuroshev who I still am really interested to see what his development arc looks like I think that that's going to be best for him to go over there Um, there really weren't any surprises on the list for me in terms of loans like I'm still very intrigued is it Pius or Pius Suter Pius okay so not like the Pope, then, who I think was pious.
2: I watched highlights when they signed him, and every highlight they say pious. Maybe it changes to pious when he comes to the United States, but I'm going to go with what the uh, announcers were calling. So him. you're
0: actually going to go with the announcers instead of uh, what you decided to do with Mate Chalupa, which obviously we're not saying his name right.
2: We're saying it right. Okay. Move on with the story, my friend. <laughs> I'm holding a knife you will not you know take ch- taco bell's taken enough away from me you will not take chalupa oh from me.
0: i did not send you the uh, picture last night by the way i ordered a mexican pizza at taco bell last night and i i wept bitterly as i ate it which is what you usually do when you eat taco bell but in this instance <laughs> it was because i was sad that they're getting rid of this awesome menu item
2: i thought it was gone already how many more days do i have to get that
0: i have no idea come down to bourbon a apparently you can still get it
2: nah okay um so yeah you got
0: be bourbon <laughs> a it's the home of your favorite buffalo wild wings in the world repeatedly it might even be in your book you've said it so many
2: times it might be i don't remember if i had a chapter about my favorite b-dubs but uh if i did it would be in there um so yeah not much to make of these loans uh to me the biggest names the most nhl i guess ready you would say are suitor obviously who we all expect to be part of the team next year in that Cahun kubalik sort of a role and Kurashev, who some of us thought maybe might get a look in the playoffs, but he didn't. But uh, I think those are the two closest to the league in the NHL, rather. And uh, if they're ready, they'll be called and they'll be ready to go. So a uh, little other bit of news, by the way, the NHL draft will be October 6th and 7th. So that's a Tuesday and a Wednesday, which is a little strange, but they're just trying to shove this whole offseason in. And free agency usually starts about a week after that, so... You're looking at maybe a December start to the season? I don't know. I really don't know. I have no clue what the plan is. I have no clue where we're going to stand in terms of the virus, but uh, I don't know. that. But that explains, you know, the late start of the season explains these loans and uh, nothing to sweat about too much.
0: Yeah, not yet. And I, and I agree with you that it seems like they're trying to... Jam as much in, in as they can at the beginning of October, so that they can get the season going in December. Whether that's going to be in four bubbles or however they want to decide to start this in empty arenas, potentially. I, I guess it all again just depends on where we're at with the virus. Whether we do see a spike in cases in the fall, since there's a lot of worry that that could potentially happen with the flu virus. Obviously coming back into play, there's a lot of concern it could overwhelm hospitals. I'm thinking we're. Probably probably going to end up seeing some iteration of the bubble format probably like four of them I would guess to start with but I think the plan ultimately would be to get teams back to their arenas as soon as possible because I don't see the NHL going through an entire season in the bubble format you just can't keep the guys away from their families for that long I think that ultimately they'll try to start the season that way and then transition into their own arenas but again that's all conjecture at this point we have no clue where we're going to be at with this virus is just something interesting to keep an eye on as the NHL kind of plots its next steps after uh, they wrap up in Edmonton later this month
2: well they've done a tremendous job so far and I'm I'm I was surprised and shocked and I've I've worn egg in my face very happily since the season began still zero positive tests for the NHL throughout this entire thing I think James it's going to be interesting as we look towards what's going to happen around the league for next season is how things go in the NFL. If the NFL is able to have their season as they're planning, which is travel to road buildings, you know, some limited crowds, even in some places, if the NFL season somehow impossibly goes on without a major, major interruption or major, major outbreak that could maybe loosen things up for the NHL a little bit and say, well, you know, if we play in empty arenas, Maybe we could make this work. Um, it's a little different, though, because they're smaller arenas. They're not all open air like many of the NFL stadiums. It's going to be interesting, but I think the NFL is going to be a good sort of litmus test for how things are going to go for all the sports leagues next year. Again, if somehow, you know, taking precaution, uh, frequent testing, etc., cetera, are enough to keep the league going, then I think we could see a somewhat normal resumption of play in home buildings Yes, with no or limited crowds, but I think the NFL's success is going to dictate a lot for how uh, the NBA and NHL do next season.
0: Yeah, and it seems like the NBA is taking a little bit more of a cautious approach than the NHL, too. They're pushing everything back, whereas it seems like the NHL is trying to kind of get everything done and dusted by the middle of October. It sure sounds like the NBA is probably looking more at like a Christmas time start to their season, or maybe even bumping it into 2021. Whereas the NHL, I think is going to want to get rolling again, probably in December, mostly because you've already had like, like nine teams that haven't played any hockey games since March. You can't like that's going to be something the NHL is going to look at really hard to try to get them back up and running because you can't just have them go 10 months without playing games like that is a huge ask and I get it like these are unprecedented times like we've heard it in every single flipping commercial that we've seen in the last you know six months but at the same time. You do have to try for the sake of competitive fairness and balance to get these guys back out on the ice because it's been so long since they've played.
2: I don't want to uh, bum you out, but last year, the 2019 Blackhawks Training Camp Festival took place on September 16th. So that's where we are. We're about a year removed from last training camp. So this is about the time teams would start getting ready for the preseason start getting ready for the season uh and we're still in the conference final <laughs> of the playoffs which uh, we should get to here a little bit uh dude dallas i know they won game one one nothing they lost game two i still think vegas is going to win the series but i think it's far it's time for everyone to admit that maybe just maybe we've underrated the dallas stars a little bit
0: um, I will acknowledge that we probably underrated the Dallas Stars. I think it's hard to say like, "Oh yeah, like everybody was sleeping on Dallas." Like, "Nah, eh, they made the conference finals for a reason." Yeah, they were one of the top 4 teams in the West during the regular season for a reason. I think the thing that maybe surprised me more than anything about that first game against Vegas was just I get I get it like Dallas has some solid players on both ends of the ice they they do have the capability to slow the game down a little bit when they want to play a little bit more physical when they want to I was used to watching Vegas just kick the crap out of teams possession wise own the neutral zone do all those things that would that drove the Blackhawks nuts in that series Dallas did all of that stuff to Vegas in game one of this series and it was insane to watch the script flip on that. And it was crazy to watch a team capable of punching Vegas in the mouth like the Dallas stars did. And I get it. It hasn't exactly been a cakewalk for the golden Knights since they beat the Blackhawks. They obviously did get tested very well by a Vancouver team that I think is going to probably, you know, cause some problems for teams going into the future. But at the same time, like Dallas did it in a way that I hadn't really seen a team like do it much of in these playoffs and I was very impressed frankly with the way that they took care of business against Vegas and I'm looking forward to the rest of this series because I think it could be a good one
2: obviously the Blackhawks wore out the Golden Knights they were exhausted just like when you used to play the Bears you might win by 30 my friend but you're gonna know that you played the Chicago Bears uh by the way Robin Leonard four shutouts in the playoffs so far this season uh, after last night's uh, sh- shutout of the Dallas Stars, the most single shutouts in a single playoff is seven. Do you have a guess by who the goaltender was that recorded seven shutouts in a single playoff?
0: Uh, Patrick Waugh. Uh,
2: you are close. It is in your lifetime. It's more recent than that.
0: Chris Osgood.
2: No, it was someone good. Martin Bro- <laughs> oh,
0: uh, I, was gonna, I was actually going to guess Jonathan Quick, but yeah. I, the Martin Brodeur would make sense. Yes,
2: 2002-2003, Martin Brodeur had seven shutouts in the playoffs. Very, very cool. All right, want to tell you about our friends out there at Mariska's in Crest Hill, 604 Theater Street. They're family-owned and operated since 1933. Uh, I know Joe listens to most of these podcasts, so I'm going to be a little sappy here. Joe, it's been what? This would be entering our sixth season as a podcast. He's been there every day. Uh, basically since we got started so special thanks to you Joe for being an uh, uh, important part of the podcast for Marishka's being an important part of the podcast James and I are both very proud to be affiliated with a business like Mariska's. Um I found my Marishka shirt in my drawer t- today after I recorded the live I'm fat podcast obviously so that'll be on next time I record my podcast uh, but go out support our friends at Marishka's and Crest Hill Try the poor boy. Try, try the steaks, the chops, the seafood, the twice-baked potato, the onion rings. Everything there is fantastic. But that poor boy, that's what put them on the map. So go check out Marishka's. Marishkas.com or Facebook.com slash Marishkas. That's M-E-R-I-C-H-K-A-S. We appreciate Joseph Dralovich and his family and their continued support of the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. Before we wrap up, former Blackhawk Christopher Versteegh was a guest on the and Chicklets Podcast uh and they always have whenever they have blackhawks on or former blackhawks there always seems to be a little bit of news that gets made and i'm not going to say this is on the level of the news that duncan keith has made and others have made on the podcast but give this a listen so this is chris for talking about the remember the thing that got dale Talon fired was a paperwork snafu the offer sheet the qualifying offers for the restricted free agents came in late and it ended up costing the Blackhawks a ton of money, and that's what co- forced them to have that giant purge after the first Stanley Cup. This snafu happened in the after the 8 season, so the year before they won the Cup. Here's Chris Versteeg talking about that, and then he talks about finding out he was going to get traded uh, after the 2010 season, he shares that story as well. This audio courtesy of the Spit and Chicklets podcast.
0: So you weren't a po- you weren't a
1: part of that Gong show with like the the qualifying offers not getting mailed yeah. out. Like, yeah, was, I got a huge contract is that. <laughs> so explain people at home what ex- what actually happened in that situation, and was it Dale's fault or is that on like somebody else way beneath him, dude? Well, who who? all you got to ask yourself is who's supposed to do the paperwork and you know, how does that go? But I, I don't know who was doing the paperwork or who's supposed yeah. to do that. But at that time there was me, Frazier Brower um, Barker and a few of us. And those couple of those guys already signed contracts and Barker then called me the one day and goes, Hey, I think our, our um, qualifying offers are missed by a date. And I was like, what? And so I told my agent, cause he didn't, re- I remember, I'm like, Hey, can you check if ours is missed by a day too? Uh, he didn't see that either. No, because we just didn't expect it. And he's there like, was your commission. yeah. So he's like, Holy shit. It is missed by a day. And I remember kind of at that time, uh, we were talking about like a two year 1.5, you know, maybe. And I, and that was actually the year I was up for rookie of the year. So it was like a good year, but I was, it was my first full year. So they didn't want to break the bank for anything. Yeah. Um, and so we're going, we're talking, And then all of a sudden, my agent's like, I think we can get two, you know? I think we can get two. So we're at two, and it was for two years. And all of a sudden, it was like, we just kept going. And all of a sudden, my agent's like, we're at 3.083 for three Mm -hmm. years, you know? And I'm I'm screaming. I'm like, I swear to God, I was like Cuba Gooding Jr. in Jerry Maguire at that point. I was like, show me the money. Like, I couldn't believe it. I went, like I said, three years prior, I'm selling T-shirts and rollerblades at at Sport Check and you know what I mean? And, and now I'm signing a, a multi-million dollar contract. It was, it was surreal, but that's for me how it was. Obviously it didn't end well for Dale for that situation for him. But again, I ended up going to Florida and playing with Dale and me and Dale have a, have a really, really good relationship. So it sucked that happened to him. And again, I don't know who files paperwork, but I'm just guessing it's not, not Dale.
2: You're like, Dad, I can buy you a tractor now. I don't need to work with you. Thanks. Thanks a lot for taking me to the rinks when we were young. Got that
1: riding lawnmower. Yeah.
2: (laughs) So going to your end, uh, the end of your first time with Chicago, so you mentioned that love and hate with Quimble. What? Had it just gone a little bit
1: sour? What was the reason why you ended up moving on and going to Toronto? Well, we just won the cup, and then I remember we were – it was me, Vince Vaughn, and Stan Bowman, and we're at a bar, and there's like a little alleyway behind the alleyway. And Vince is trying to, you know, we're just talking. And then Stan's like, hey, Steer, I think we're going to have to move you. <laughs> and I was like, nice. what? You know? And then I remember Vince, he's like, you know how he talks. He's like, we can't trade him. We can't trade him. He's, he's playing great for us. You know? And he's like, Vince, we got to trade Chris. You know? It was kind of a funny moment. That's how I kind of knew it was going to happen. And then about a week later, I think it was around end of June, start of July, I was ended up getting traded to Toronto.
2: So reliving that. Also, cool that he was with Vince Vaughn when Sam Bowman told him he was going to get traded.
0: Uh. <laughs> that was a wild story, dude. Like that, that took a turn that I did not expect. like when he brought up the trade. I was like, "Oh, how did he find out?" He found out while he was partying with Vince Vaughn, that's about the most Christopher Steig thing I can think
2: of. It's pretty awesome. And listen to that whole interview. There's tons of good hawk stuff in there. Talks about his relationship with Joel Quenville. Not great. But listen to it, good stuff. Uh, but here's the thing, just to reiterate this: had the qualifying offer come in, Versteeg was ready to sign a two-year deal for 1.5 million. Because of the snafu, his agent was able to get three years, 3.083 million.
0: It's a good agent right there.
2: That's why Dale Talon and what and wh- what Versteeg says is, is he doesn't think it was Dale's fault. He's saying, I don't think it's Dale's job to submit paperwork. I don't know the answer to that. But look, when you're the GM and that mistake gets made, that falls on you. Uh, and boy, just to, just illustrates how bad that mistake screwed the Blackhawks. You could have kept at least one of those guys if, those, if that thing didn't happen. You could have kept, you know, Bufflin or whoever. You could have found a way to keep one of those guys around. And look, they won two more cups. So I'm not, you know, crying over spilt milk, but still that purge would not have been so dramatic had that paperwork snafu not been made. So interesting stuff there. Um, Man, Versteegue, by the way, that is a rising media star. Find him on Instagram and watch his in-game analysis on his Instagram stories. That dude, I know he had, uh, he was talking to Sportsnet about being a contributor during the playoffs, but then the pandemic slowed that down so he basically says in the interview, like, I got to get my reps. so I'm getting my reps on Instagram, and he's doing a great job. So give it a follow. Really good stuff, really good insight. And Chris is a really good dude. I've had, I did a couple events with him over the years, and he was outstanding and super humble and just an awesome guy. So check that out on the Spit and Checklist podcast. With that, we're going to tie a bow on this here podcast. Thank you all for listening. James and I will be back next week. Hopefully we have some actual roster news to report by then. Maybe Corey Crawford will have signed on the dotted line if that happens between now and the middle or end of next week. We will jump in with an emergency podcast, as we always do. But thanks for listening to this episode of the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. We'll talk to you next time.
0: The Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast was brought to you by Triple Threat Sports, Mariska's and Crest Hill, Dr. Squatch, and by Fry the Coop.